It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Wrapping up the day's sporting issues deep into the night, this is Extra Time on SENZ. This is SENZ, it is Extra Time with Ricardo Ball, and it is Valentine's Day, of course, so we are playing songs with love in the title. That one, uh, Pantera, This Love. We didn't get to the good bit, really, Kez. We didn't get quite get to the good bit. Oh, just, just, just pump it up a little bit for Justin so you can hear it. Justin Nelson is studio with us. Yeah, Vera. I'm a, you know, you look at me, Justin, and you think he's a he's a true romantic. Surely, surely. Good evening, by the way. Surely we get love in the elevator at some stage well, tonight. Surely. Actually, yeah, that, that's a good call. And Chris texted through saying, "Got to have kiss." I was made for loving Ooh, you. Oh yes. So, um, kids, couple of couple of jobs for you to do there, mate. Track those down. We'll play nice. those later on the show. Definitely. Uh, just welcome into the show. Thank you. Uh, you've been here for a good hour or so doing overtime. Yeah. Um, good work. How was how was how was the, the sky call, mate? Did you, did you learn lots. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm, I'm certainly uh, applying myself to to Toreo and uh, uh, fantastic, you know, and and certainly you know to all of my um, uh, friends and 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 Fano at, at Sky, just great to be embraced and um, provided with opportunities to uh, to to learn Toreo and, and embrace the culture. It's a lot of fun. Coming from the other side of the ditch, yeah. I know this isn't what we've got on to talk about, but I thought I'd ask, what's been the biggest challenge of having to you know, was it the pronunciations? Is it learning the words? Is it learning the vowels? What, what's the biggest challenge for you, Ben? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the vowels, certainly learning the vowels help help make it easier, um, you know, helps you to, to break it down. Uh, rolling the R's, yeah. you know, I've, I've had 45-plus years of, of not being used to that, and, and I'm foreign to it all, and I, I put my hand up and, and I am completely foreign, but I, I'm, I'm wanting to learn. I'm, I, I want to respect and I want to get people's names right and, and, and get the language right because I, I think, you know, across New Zealand, um, everybody's, you know, really, really embracing te reo and and Indigenous and, and culture and, and I love that. I, I, I honestly wish growing up in Australia that we, we, we did more of that in Australia. I think we're a long way behind in Australia, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, mate. It's interesting. Well, actually, on that, mm. on that, we should talk then because uh, well, we're going to talk the breakers in a minute. We're going to talk some NBA as well, but we'll, let, let's get an update on the uh, NZ 
NBL um, and where that's at because I did see a big signing for the yes. Auckland Tuatara today. Speaking of rolling R's, uh, Ruben Tarangi, great to have him back in the competition. I think first time since 2020, since the Cells NBL showdown. Lovely man, wonderful person, a real leader, well respected, and what a great pickup for the Tuatara. Mm. How, how many of last year's squad do you expect the Tuatara to retain? I mean, is he just an addition or is he, do you think, taking a spot? Uh, no, look, he, he definitely comes in and, and not only takes a spot, takes a, a leading <laughs> yeah. position. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Dante Russo-Nance is, is now over in uh, in the States. Uh, Rob Lowe has been announced. Um, Cam Glidden, another fantastic pickup. He'll be one of their imports, the Aussie, who's playing for the Breakers at the moment and I think is signed for next year as well. So we're going to see a lot of Cam Glidden moving forward uh, back here in New Zealand. In fact, last time he played in the Cells NBL was 2019, and he was All-Star 5. So he's a very, very good player. Look out for him. And I think we expect Chris Johnson to uh, to wind himself back towards Aotearoa uh, uh, at some stage as well. So a great pickup. So all of the Twin Towers back in the yeah. effect at the Tuatara? Yeah, they look good. They do. Uh, let's have a look at a couple of other teams. The matter with two Jets have been busy, haven't they? Just about signed the whole team. Yeah. When you consider the Giants... The Nuggets, uh, they're yet to announce anyone. Uh, the Rams, yet to announce anyone. The Sharks announced their second player today, young Drew Leo uh, Lissongiape, who is just a fantastic young star, 21 years of age, and he really came on last season. I think we're going to see a lot more of him this season. But, yeah, when you consider three teams are yet to announce anybody, I think the Jets are up to about nine or ten players now, and they look solid. They've recruited really, really well. Yeah, they have. Yeah, Nelson Giants, Franklin Bulls, Canterbury oh, Rams. Bulls as well. Yeah, and Otago Nuggets, <laughs> According to my information, haven't yet to sign anybody. Uh, what's holding the Nuggets back? Is that uh, because they're unaware of uh, what Hugh Maiden's future is? or No, I, I think, well, maybe. I think uh, SENZ, I, I think that the owners just wanted to get the Aussie NBL out of the way. Mm-hmm. Commiserations, the Perth Wildcats are done. Mm. I think you're going to see the uh, the Otago Nuggets really fire up in the next week or so. Oh, looking forward to it. What about the, the big disappointments of like, when I say disappointments, the slow starters of last season and surprised everybody with how bad they were to start with, uh, the Wellington Saints. Um, Tom Vodonovich, um, they've signed him. Uh, Tohi Smith-Milner and Kenneth Tuffin, they've made a start. Yeah, they have. I mean, Tommy V and, and Killer KT, they're both back. Um, great to see Tohi um, back into the Cells NBL. He's been over in Australia for a couple of years, but he is uh, uh, a pretty well-known saint. Mm. Um, so, you know, th- there's some familiarity about the saints. There's no doubt about that. Look, they, they, from all reports, you know, the word on the street, the good old word on the street in preseason. Yeah. Um, they've got a couple of big signings to come. So I think the Saints are going to uh, go pretty hard. Yeah, all right. I'll look forward to that. We'll talk more about that uh, as more signings are announced. Uh, now, you did touch on the playoffs because, yeah, the play-ins are slightly different, aren't they, And in the uh, Australian NBL to what we're used to seeing, say, uh, in overseas leagues like the NBA. Yeah, I like it. You know, it's 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 been a really good experience this year. I think the two things that they changed this year have both worked. First of all, the ladder being based on point percentage. So win percentage first, more wins you get in, but then it's based on point percentage, not head-to-head. 
Uh, and I'd love to see that come into the Cells NBL this season as well. So watch this space. Very, very good. Went down to the last shot of the season to decide the top six. And I like the play-in. Um, I think we saw last season in the Cells NBL with 10 teams, rewarding six just keeps the season alive longer. And I think that worked. And it's also worked for the uh, Aussie NBL as well. Mm, now we're down to the final four. Mm. You know, the breakers have already um, you know, put a notch in that. Uh, they've beaten the Jack Jumpers um, quite comfortably in the first game. Sydney um, uh, got a play. They got, they're up against the Taipans. And they finished the season poorly. I mean, they lost games uh, to Perth and they lost to Adelaide as well. Um, do you see that having any effect on them? Or were they just taking the foot off the gas now and they had top spot? No, look, not not really. I think you, you're spot on there. They, they knew they were going to finish on top. And I think when you when you've when you know that, and certainly Perth had a lot to play for in that last game, and Adelaide still had a lot to play for as well. So I wouldn't read too much into that. I think Sydney will come out firing this week against the the Taipans, who have a few injury concerns of their own. I expect Sydney to get past uh, Cairns, who have had an impressive season. I went and saw the Breakers play on Sunday night against uh, the Jack Jumpers, and they're up and about. Mm. I mean, they seriously came out of the blocks hard. Um, again, just the unselfishness about that team when they're playing that style of basketball, I think that if they carry that on from here, I think they can go all the way. I genuinely think they can go all the way. When they beat Sydney in Sydney to snap that four-game losing streak, for me, that was the turning point in their season. Mm. And obviously, if they get past the Jack Jumpers, it's probably Sydney they're going to be facing, right? And and there's going to be two games in Sydney. Yeah, well, it's certainly if Sydney get through, it'll be twice in Sydney. If Cairns get through, it'll be twice here if needed. Um, Jack Jumpers, look, they're going to be tough Thursday night. It's it's a very, very daunting place to go to what they've set up there in, in Tassie. And, uh, you know, that crowd, they're going to be up and about. And uh, I certainly... Uh, won't pencil uh, the uh, the breakers in as certainties, but I think they start favourites. How intimidating is it? I mean, we always hear about how hard Perth is to go and play against the, the way that they're set up and their fans right on top of you. How hard is Tasmania compared to that? I think every Aussie stadium, when it's full, uh, and, and even outdoor arenas, regardless of what sport it is, it's probably the biggest thing that I've noticed here in my four years in, in, uh, in New Zealand. We... we aren't quite there yet when it comes to really making it a daunting atmosphere uh, for an opposition team. Certainly once you get up into the All Blacks and that sort of stuff, big events, yes. But uh, yeah, when you go to Australia, you go into a venue like that, four, five, six thousand people and you're the enemy, look out. Yeah, you know about it. Yep. You know about it. Right. The Jack Jumpers, I've often said uh, that it is the worst team name in professional sport, <laughs> the Jack Jumpers. Uh, where are you on it? Well, it's one of those ones. I remember when South East Melbourne Phoenix launched their name and I think everyone thought, what on earth? How did you decide that? And the Jack Jumpers were probably magnified by 10. But once they're in there and once you start you know, saying it every week and you see them, in it, it just grows on you. I think it's a fantastic name. Mm, I would have gone Tasmanian Timbers. I don't know if that was actually in the final selection. Somebody's um, doing their job wrong. Yes, well, there you go. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first Aussie to do their job wrong, let me tell you. Hey, i uh, got a couple of texts coming through as yeah. well. Uh, is uh, 
Dante Russo-Nance, the start of the NZNBL's future. A young guy going through a national championship school here in St. Kent's, now mm. playing for a powerhouse in Oak Hill. Are we expected to see more high school talent being progressed in the league? Also, shout out to my guy, Liam Judd, this year. Watch this space. Yeah, Liam Judd's a great pickup for the uh, Manawatu Jets. Um, I really like what coach uh, Natu Tafale has done there. I, I think Liam Judd's going to have a huge season, to be honest. I think he's going to be one of those kids uh, that we're sitting back talking about during the season on hoop heads and shows like that. Uh, a kid that's really taken everybody by surprise. So I agree with that. Look out for Liam Judd. With Dante, um, I've always been careful the last couple of years um, not, not to heap pressure on young shoulders. Mm. I think he can he can go all the way. I really think that he is the next big chance uh, to, to crack the big time in the NBA. I mean, that's not putting pressure on There's his no pressure shoulders. I don't know what that is. But when you consider what he was doing as a young man, 15, 16-year-old, mm. up against growing men in the cells NBL, quite amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was uh, one of the dominant forces last year. So, you know, just at that age. Just, yeah, uh, as a 17-year-old. Yeah. I mean, you've got to put it into perspective. He was going to school five days a week and uh, and playing in the National League. And this this is a very, very good level of competition. You're coming up against some quality players. I think 18 to 20 players out of the Cells NBL last season went and played in the Aussie NBL this season. So, And he was holding his home. Mm. Yeah, well, that's, um, wait to see. Can't wait to see how he tracks through. The, uh, that texture also texts through uh, his St. Kent's teammate, Alex McNaught, on the breakers too. Yeah, look, I, I love uh, I love McNaught. He's talking about him on the weekend. He's a wonderful young man too. If, any, if you ever get the chance to stop and talk um, basketball or anything with Alex McNaught, please take the opportunity. He'll give you the time of day. He's a wonderful, wonderful young man. Um, Alex McNaught... Uh, first came onto the scene um, here in, in the Selgs NBL in 2020 during the showdown when he was called up as um, a, an emergency player for the Nelson Giants. And that's how he started the relationship with coach Mike Fitchett and then obviously went on and played for the Giants since then. What he has gone on and done this season uh, for the Breakers uh, and taken that opportunity, he is a kid that has an incredible appetite for work. His work ethic is through the roof, and he is absolutely the sort of player who grasps an opportunity. Mm. He'll come back and play in the Cells NBL this season, and he'll be one to watch. He's got a big, big future. Talk about a young man that took an opportunity. Replacement player, called up for injury. Might have actually been called in to replace Mika Vakona, who wound up in hospital with uh, with appendicitis, if you remember that back in 2020. I think uh, Alex McNaught was the replacement player, and look what's happened since. Amazing. It's gone great guns. Yeah. Gone great guns. All right, uh, before we let you go, talk some NBA. Oh, here we go. Uh, Gee, that trade period. That deadline day um, was out of sight. I don't think anybody saw coming the avalanche that we ended up seeing in the final 24 hours. It, it was, I can't remember it being as big as that, certainly in, in recent times. Now, a lot of people were saying, you know, the Phoenix Suns have loaded up. Mm. Um, so it's now the heat was on Brooklyn and, and, uh, and sorry, not Brooklyn, on uh, Milwaukee and on Boston to do something. They didn't do a lot. 
did did they do enough, or do you you know because it was effectively people saying, oh, man, with this this trade window, uh, just give the title to Phoenix now. Well, I think the Celtics and, and the Bucks are both going to be right there at the the business end. You know, good teams, good units. They've spent a fair bit of time together now, mm. um, and and they know each other's game back to front. So I think they're going to be right there. What's interesting about the Suns is their their, their big change at the deadline, which of course was KD coming in. It came at a time when they've got new ownership. So literally, the new owners walked in the door, and with him, he's brought KD. I think Phoenix have got a really big show at it this season. Uh, again, he has to assimilate. He needs to get in there and, and, and learn everyone else. But Chris Paul leading the way. I mean, Chris Paul and KD, they know each other back to front. Mm. So it's exciting times if you're a Suns fan, for sure. Yeah. Uh, another text has come through saying, great show. Is hoop heads? Uh, is this hoop heads? No, not yet. <laughs> not not yet. yet, but it will be. Uh, will Barry Brown Jr. stick around, do you think? I'd like to think so. I think what the, the breakers have created this season is pretty special. Um, you know, some of us are, are a little bit closer, but we're certainly not in the camp. You know, we, we do hear a little bit come out of the camp. Um, they're a really tight-knit group. They're a group of players who you can see visually. They, they love playing basketball together. I don't think we've sung the praises enough of, of Coach Modi Mail, I think he's done an incredible job. First season. This is his first season as a head coach in the ANBL. Yeah. Uh, incredible performance by him. But what he has is he has a team that's playing for him and for each other. And when you've got that sort of environment, players want to come back. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, 100%. They've done such a good job turning that franchise around. Yep, they um, have. In, in, in one season. Uh, back to back to Phoenix, KD. I know, <laughs> I know you want to talk breakers, but that's all right. Uh, talk, um, that's... Trade has been criticised mm. by a lot of Brooklyn Nets fans. Um, you know, a lot of people questioning what Sean Marks is up to. He got rid of Irving, who I think is just that's just getting rid of a headache. That's a good move, right? Harden, for whatever reason, wanted out. Um, I don't know that trading Ben Simmons for him was the best idea, but it's another headache you can deal with later. KD was a bit different, though, wasn't it? Um, what have you made of what Sean Marks has done there as GM? Well, I, I think I think. Um, people need to take on board that being a GM of a, a pro team at any time is not an easy job, especially when you have to make decisions on on the future of players, the livelihood of players. When you compound that with some incredibly um, headstrong individuals, then that is a, a storm, and it's a big storm that was brewing there. Definitely think that the trade for Ben Simmons um, was a mistake, and I'm pretty sure, um, you know, in, in a quiet room, yeah. <laughs> if you ask that question, you might get an honest answer. The, the surprise was KD. I think Irving, everyone was happy to see him, you know, pack his bags and leave, but... Um, you know, KD was was the shock on top of that. I'm not sure that everybody expected that. No, and so people saying climbing into Sean Marks, I looked at it and went, well, we know what sort of person Kyrie Irving is. He, you know, he just seems, seems to attract trouble. Mm. KD, may, I don't know. Maybe that was just a – I put it down as being a case of him not getting what he wanted and so yep. agitating yep. for a move. But then I look at what they've got. Yeah. And Brooklyn are, are well-placed to be – the dominant team in the East in the next ten years. Yeah, you take Dan Witty out of it, who's who's you know a little bit older, but they've got some great young pieces. Love Bridges, really love his work ethic and what he does, and he's a go-to player now. So, I, I agree with you. I think they've got young pieces. I think they've got some real good trade opportunities and and draft opportunities ahead of them as well with those picks. So, one thing about Sean. Um, 
having been in the GM space, certainly nowhere near that level. What I would say is for all of us on the outside, we don't know what's going on on the inside. And the GM is the one that needs to deal with that. And decisions come as a result. We don't always understand them. We may not like them. We may love them. But the fact is, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah. And I I think, you know, for the amount of stick that I, like, as I said, I saw him get, I, I look at what they've got. And I'm thinking, there's a lot, you know, in five years' time, we could be talking about Sean Marks as a genius GM, right? It's a little bit like the Jack Jumpers. The name comes out. We all, we all want to, you know, uh, kick people for, for such a bad name. Then yet a couple of years down the track, it starts to grow on us and we like it. And I, I, and I think the same could be said. We're very reactionary when it comes to sport. Mm. I think let's judge it in a few years' time. Yeah. All right, mate. Uh, and uh, you, we, we were talking about the Suns. I know we're jumping all, all over the shop with these texts coming through and things, but that's good. Keep them coming through, double eight, double three. But I wanted to... No, you talk about the Suns. We mentioned, you know, give them give them the title now, almost with KD on board. But they've got to get out of the West first. Um, we know that the Grizzlies, once they get Morant and Adams back, are going to be there or thereabouts. Denver, there or thereabouts. Utah potentially as well. Who do you think the biggest obstacle for the Suns is? I don't think anyone wants to play the Warriors. Let's mm. just put that out there right now because they they are business end specialists. Uh, I, I think Denver. I mean, Denver could go all the way. I know we talk about the strength of the East, and I know people expect the strength of the East, but, geez, Denver's a good unit. They're a really, really good team as well. And if you look at their body of work, especially in the last couple of weeks, you know they're starting to wind themselves up. And uh, I, I think Denver is going to be right there when it counts. Yeah. What about the Mavs? Doncic, they've added Irving. I mean, we, we talked about how he can be um, an issue, but do you think for the last half of a season when you've got someone like Luca there that he actually could work in that environment? I think it's a case of wait and see. I think we're all still scratching our head a little bit with, with the Mavs and the move that they've made. I don't expect Corey to be there next season. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be a surprise if he is. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether they thought they were in the window. You'd go after a trade like that if you did think you're in the window. Look at the Suns, mm, you know, yep. classic point. Um, if the Mavs do think they're in the window, it might be a misplaced judgment. Mm, okay, that's interesting. It's interesting to hear. And then, probably, I, don't I'm say gonna, Lakers. I'm going to say the biggest winners. <laughs> the biggest winners of the trade window are the Lakers because they managed to get somebody to take Russell Westbrook at 42 million a season. And we don't know what he's going to do from here, do we? I mean, no. that's probably the last bit of news from the trade period. We're not sure, you know, when Russ is going to show up or where he's going to show up. But the Lakers definitely got better. Um, they got you know they got deeper, and I think that's a good thing if you're a Lakers fan. Whether they can string it together and get it together um, in order to uh, you know make make the playoffs and uh, and be a threat, I don't know. But gee, they're they're pushing it uphill at the moment. Having said all of that, uh, what a wonderful moment for for LeBron James. Um, you know, just an incredible achievement. I, I haven't spoken to you since then, and I know. I know that you got Celtics, you know, in, in your heart, but you're a really massive lover of the Lakers behind it all. <laughs> and, uh, uh, phenomenal effort, incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, you can't can't take it away from him. I have seen a lot of conversation about whether or not this makes him the goat. I don't think scoring the most points makes you the goat. There are a lot of other things that go into that, but it's an interesting conversation to have. Um, I did think it was weird that they stopped the game to celebrate it and give him his thing, and then they went on and lose the game. It was just. Strange. So, so it's probably one of the strangest things I've seen. It is very American. Yeah. Would Would you do like if that happened here? Let's say it's just an incredible record, mm. just unbelievable. You know, all time, 
it's got to be all time. It can't be for anything less than all time. So let's say it's a it's it's a it's an All Blacks game, mm-hmm. all time. Yeah, never been done before. Would you stop the game? No. You celebrate that stuff at the end of the game. You got to keep your head in the game, otherwise you lose your focus. I think outside of the states, we're all scratching our head. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's a weird one. It's a Having weird said one. that, Buddy Franklin last year in the AFL for the Sydney Swans kicked his thousandth goal. The game didn't recommence for about another 38 minutes, <laughs> but that was purely because you had 40,000 people run onto the ground. Right. Okay. And some amazing stories came out of that uh, situation. There was uh, a couple that came out with a picnic rug and set up a picnic on the ground. There was a lady who came out and spread her late husband's ashes on the ground. (laughs) And two of the Sydney Swans players in the frantic um, uh, aftermath of trying to get off the ground, because as you can imagine for the players, you know, they're in their workplace environment. All of a sudden you've got 40,000 spectators around you. So the players tried to get off the ground. Buddy obviously got mobbed. But two of the Sydney Swans players took the wrong tunnel and ended up in the street outside the ground and couldn't get back in. <laughs> there you go. Wow, that is a great story. So about, 38, about 38 minutes that game stopped for, so there you wow, go. That is crazy. That is crazy. 38 minutes, 38,000 points. There are some synergy. Similar. I like Synergy that. going on there. Well uh, thanks very much for coming in, Justin. Always a pleasure. Always good to talk to you. Hoopheads will be back at some point. We'll... We'll, we'll let you know when we do, uh, but it is definitely coming back. It is 8.24 here on Extra Time on SENZ.